Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Shall we? Let's. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Six Nations, week three, done and dusted, and that is where our focus is for this podcast. We'll have another podcast in your feed looking at domestic matters, grassroots matters, and everything else in the rugby world, but it's the rugbyest time of the year, so let's get into the Six Nations with uh, with JB. Hello Tim. Is that uh, some new CrossFit clobber you've got on? It is, Bulldog Gear, my favourite UK-based brand. <laughs> Looking very good, JB. Uh, uh, I, I'm uh, hello, Phil. Hello, Tim. Who's got his uh, sexy voice on today? Uh, less sexy, more bit bit hungover, bit delicate. I was going to say, was it bit hoarse? Yeah. Good fun though. Good fun. Yeah. Nice day in Twickenham. Nice oh, day at the rugby. Of course, we had a man on the ground there. Once upon a time, we'd uh, you'd have been there in hospitality, being <laughs> wined and dined. But those are a long time. That was a long time ago. Now, testament to the fact that um, the Canterbury clobber I got back in those great. Well, they used to like us. Well, no. Do you know what it was? It was I met through work. So um, they did some work with us at, at XFM, and then just that, that was where the con- that so was the inn. That was how that the, was the that's how the oil. Then they moved to the, Can- they moved to Nottingham and left us. Wheel was oiled. Yeah, they had a baby and decided that it wasn't all about work, and they left yeah. us. But no testament to how long ago that was. I'm wearing a Canterbury top today that is now my painting top. <laughs> wow, I was out painting. Mace- if, any, if anything sums up our relationship with Canterbury, it's now the fact we use their gear for painting. Yeah. Well, it shows it's lasted uh, lasted a long time. Oh, that oh, yeah. as well. That as well. Yes. 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 Um, right. Oh, I mean, if, if only we'd hit record about ten minutes. Prior to oh, this podcast, what, what a wonderful chat people would have heard. What content. <laughs> Amazing content. <laughs> Probably for the best we didn't. Probably, yes. right. Uh, but let, just a reminder, we're you can support us in a number of ways. One, just by listening, and thank you for that. Secondly, by hitting subscribe, leaving a five-star review. If you really appreciate having a podcast there, and sometimes more than one podcast, 52 weeks of the year, every single Monday morning. And uh, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash egg chasers as well. How was your trip to Twickenham, Phil? Tell us. Good fun. Nice day. Um, went down. I had. We were staying. I, I didn't organise the hotels, but we were staying in Brentford. Ooh. And Brentford were playing at home. And we actually uh, spent a nice couple of hours before the game in, in two different Brentford, Brentford the football team yep. pubs. Um, with Brentford playing at home as well against Newcastle. So that was quite quite now, good fun. Were you by the Brentford Stadium? 
I didn't actually see the Brentford Stadium. Apparently, it's right in the middle of something. So, like when yeah. you are there, right next to the train station, set back from the main road that runs. Is that right? Right through. So, so you didn't see it. But didn't, you, didn't see it, but we we can't have been far from the Brentford Stadium. Sensed it. Yeah, there was a lot of people wearing red and white striped kits. Now, I've never really enjoyed myself in in Twickenham to go to a standalone game. I've been well. Sorry, that's not that is not entirely <clears> true. You love the I've you love myself. the you love the HSB sevens. Oh, I where, loved it. I love being inside a Twickenham. <laughs> right, that is one thing. Being inside a Twickenham is. Tell it? me about the rugby from the HSB sevens, by the way. What? HSB. Oh yes, there was some rugby played that day. <laughs> yeah, there was the, the only game we really watched was the semi final of the was yeah. it. Uh, Semi-final of the something Premiership. Oh, the Premiership, yes, we did. So, <laughs> yes, we got the Gloucester game on in in Twickenham, which actually was a lot more faff than I expected. But anyway, so um, yeah, so so yeah. I've enjoyed myself in Twickenham. I've done a box in Twickenham for England Wales that was phenomenal, but I don't really enjoy in and around Twickenham. How was it? This, how was it this weekend? Um, we arrived just about a kickoff, so we were in Brentford before. Nice pub called the Nelson, not far from the Brentford Stadium, but didn't get to see it. Um, and then we arrived just before the game, a few pints during the game, and then went to the Bollinger tent afterwards. Oh, oh. hello. Which was quite good fun. Um, expensive in the Bollinger tent, unsurprisingly. Well, that's the idea, isn't it? Yes. I'm surprised you, you don't like Twickenham, JB. We, we're talking about 80,000 pairs of mustard and bright red chinos you know, and barber jackets barber and, and tweed well yeah. yeah i mean the problem is you just can't do anything can you <laughs> like you can't get a beer you it's just everything is just you, you can faff. it's it's you've just got a queue for everything yeah but it's the same as any you, know, you go to murrayfield it's, the it's not same. the same not the same in cardiff i mean yeah there are queues everywhere but you can find a pub pretty quickly outside of well cardiff. That, last, that, last that time i was problem. at murrayfield they ran out of beer before half time that was the lions japan game yeah, well, it was different times then. That was the yeah. you know, the time we don't talk about. <laughs> uh, so, overall, you had a good time? Overall, good fun. Very nervy last 20 minutes or so in yeah. the rugby. How was the atmosphere? Um, atmosphere was decent. Um, it was good when England were building a score, even though the rugby at times wasn't always brilliant. But it was quite... Quite nice just to see the scoreboard ticking over, ticking over, ticking I, over. I agree. I liked 3, 6, 12, 15. I liked it. Yep. Scoreboard I pressure. Would have liked to see a few more tries, but um, you'll take it. I'll, I'll happily take that. But then the last 20, 20, 25 minutes, it just got flat. Well, do you know, I Wales was, got on top. I was convinced Wales were going to win it. it yeah. Ago. yeah. Absolutely convinced. If the game had gone on five more minutes, two more minutes... I think yeah. Wales, Wales would have won that. Yeah, I felt Wales threw it away around the seventy-minute mark. There's a couple of penalties where Wales should be gaining momentum, and they just gave away silly penalties. And England sort of didn't do much with it, but they managed to stall Wales enough that it became safe. Well, Wales' silly penalties is probably the story of the match from Wales's side. Yeah, in the first half, I don't actually know what the stats were, obviously because I was in the in the ground, but it felt like it was. It must have been about eight one at some point uh, against Wales in terms of penalties, and some of them were dull. Like the the Liam Williams yellow card at the bottom of the rook, that's just oh. dull. And it's it's he, he knows he's done it wrong because he then starts holding his head. I know that. So you was... know you you know he's done something stupid. He knows he's done something stupid. I I, I would just just on that. It's a, 
he's such a heroic guy, so brave, and is tough as teak. I I was I felt embarrassed for him that yeah. he started holding his head. Liam, what are you doing, mate? That was bad. That um, compounds the error. Yeah. But then so many, it felt like so many off the feet um, penalties given away, um, bit by both teams, but more by Wales, just at the rook. And that's dull as well, because once you know the referee is going to be strict around um, holding your body weight at a rook, just be strict. Just be strict yourself. It's yeah. not like it's not like he was inconsistent on that. I don't, don't think the referee had um, the best game, but he was the same for both teams. He was at least consistent for both teams. So. Yeah. The first half was pretty dire. Do you agree with that? First half? I, I, I literally fell asleep. Uh, in the first half, <laughs> yeah, it was tough. It was tough going. I mean, lots of reset scrums, which are usually fairly good, but <clears> they didn't seem to. They're, they're not the sort of reset scrums where one team is just clearly on top and the other one's folding. You didn't really mm. know what anyone was doing, and they didn't know what they were doing. And the ref didn't have the nous to get it to get it fixed, mm. which was a shame. I think he should have warned warned them first off, first up, and then started giving giving penalties. Yeah, I could I could be on board with that. But like you've got to identify, haven't you? Why you're giving the penalty? So if you're unsure, I think actually reset scrum is, is the right thing. Yeah. But if you can identify it and say, look, Ellis, stop doing X, Y, Z. But then he'd give a penalty against uh, Genge, and then the next one he'd give a penalty against. Also, the there was one moment. It was the Liam Williams yellow card, and there was obviously a bit of a disconnect in communication between the referee Mike Adamson and whoever was in charge of the clock. I don't know who who runs the clock. Is that a separate person? Uh, is it not yeah. linked to his watch? No. Is it not? Well, I mean, be? he has that as a backup. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, he does do this up, but he says time off, time on. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. When Liam Williams went off and then there was a lot of chatting going on, there was maybe an injured player getting some treatment, the clock kept ticking. And so the time from Liam Williams going off to the, the ball being played after the scrum and all the resets had finally happened, it was like about nearly four minutes of Liam Williams' <laughs> yellow card was eaten up out of that. Yeah, that is a bit ridiculous. Yeah, and it, that was, and and that was kind of symptomatic of the first half, which was not great to watch. Albeit, it was nice to see, and quite old school to see three points, six points, yeah, points, twelve. I liked it. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that because you've got to be able to do that. You've got to be able to build a score. Um, and it's funny because this was this was an England win that felt a bit like a defeat for England. Mm. It's a negative negative win. But equally, it's not a positive um, defeat for Wales because they should have done more in that first half. They should have given fewer penalties away. And had they have um, not found themselves 12 points down at half-time, I think it was, and conceded all of those six penalties, 18 points through yeah. penalties. Well, Wales got three tries to one, did they not? Yeah, three tries to one. Um, and England obviously missed the conversion and missed a very kickable penalty. So it it doesn't feel like a positive result for either team. Do you know who got mar- do you know who got, who got man of the match? Yeah, Magic Ma- Marcus. Marcus Smith. I, I know you do because you watch TV. Oh, but right. yeah. you oh, did sorry. because you saw it. I did I did. I was it gets aware. announced at the stadium, isn't it? Uh, yeah. it? Okay, I was going to say do you think watching him live he deserved man of the match? Um he had some nice nice touches. He built the score well. Um I don't think he had his best game particularly. But I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure how much of that was. So, what I will say about Wales in terms of their positivity, positive side from Wales, is their defence and organisation and work rate was excellent. 
and that that helped shut down England. It made England a bit impotent. Yeah. Um, as Wales, when they did get their chances, Cuthbert and Adams and Falatau, yeah. all looking, offering a, um, a level of a something different in attack that England didn't seem to be able to get. Just because, and I'm not quite sure because England have got great runners, they've got great ball carriers, but they didn't seem to be able to bring them into the game particularly well. And it's hard to know how much of that was. I've not watched the game back. Um, I've I've seen the highlights again, but you, you don't really get much from the highlights. No. Um, it's hard to know how much of that was. Wales is very good, well-organised and hard-working defence, and how much of it was maybe a lack of spark in midfield. And We spoke about in the Scotland game where you have a lot of the back line playing out of position, then it yeah. did look a bit... And, and of course, the one name sluggish. we not mentioned at this point which ties into that is the fact that Manny Tuolangi was named to start. Oh. And <clears throat> in a shocking turn of events, tweaked his hamstring. It's not the Manu that I know. <laughs> <laughs> there was about four hours in between him being announced and then it being announced that he was... Not going to play. Look, I'll say this. Sail Sharks watch his training load very carefully. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure if Eddie is, is, is quite as ju- ju- um, judicious as that. And I think they might have pushed him too hard. I mean, it's speculation. Yeah, I mean, that's know. total speculation. It is, but I do know how careful that they are with Manu. At this point, though, I mean, you either have to pay him less, or you know, that would be in the club scene, or you don't pay, pick him for England. I don't think this can continue. It, it's... He, but he, he's uh, he is so brilliant when he's on form. He is like almost no other player on on the planet. He's so destructive and so dangerous that it's like the forbidden fruit. You yeah. describe it as the other day. You you can't help but take a delicious bite of Manu mm, Tuolagi. Nibble. He's a little bit like those. Uh, is it sirens? They the, the the mermaids that would yes. that would take the sailors down. Yeah, he's like yeah. that, isn't he? He's Turns just, out to be manatees. He just <laughs> manatee. <laughs> he just uh, swims up to the surface and just gives a little wink to Eddie in the boat, and he's. Uh... But it's not just Eddie; is it anyone? And I can totally understand yeah. the temptation. The, Leicester the must best. look back at all the hundreds of thousands they spent. Oh, millions, millions, yeah. millions. Oh, what if Leicester feel like? I wonder if they feel like they're just released from a relationship that they never wanted to be in. But they want—they did want they it did, though. But they did at the they time. Did they want did want it. Look, now she's gone. It's like, oh my god, what was I doing? And maybe that's what those those few years where they were signing players left, right, and centre and chopping, chopping and changing coaches. It's like that was just the rebound. They were like, yeah, right, yeah, I'm yeah. going to play the field for a few years now. Yeah. Now I'm it, free. It was. It's the best thing that happened to Leicester, isn't it? Man, leave it. Because you you free up your salary Bad cap. to say or, it, but it's true. It is. He's such a talented player, such an amazing player. Well, it's like him, Mario, and probably Barbary are the three English players who just are completely different. There's no equal to them in the world. And it's, well, Barbary's not had a shot yet. I'm sure he will be fine. Uh, Mario is obviously legitimate there at week in, yeah. week, in week out. I mean, and he was awesome again. It's it. almost like I think he doesn't get he given man of the match as much as probably he deserves because... It's just like, oh, it's just Marrow being Business world as usual. class again. Yeah, yeah he's, well, he just do you think... Well, okay, so let's Guy's just go back to the Marcus Smith point. Marcus Smith got man of the match. Not everyone is Sorry, happy. player of the match. Man of the match. <laughs> uh, not everyone is is happy with this. But there again, he, you know, he might not go to his best game. He got his largest points, points haul for yeah. England. Yeah. Yeah. He kicked them to victory effectively. So he did. Every point he, equal largest points haul. 
For him? Yeah. yeah he scored the same against Canada. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go then. Yeah, there we go then. Uh, but this was Wales in a Six Nations game. Wales in a Six Nations game. The only other man to get any points was Don Brandt. Yeah, he scored 80% of England's yeah. points. And, you know, even though he didn't do amazing things with ball in hand, I still love him with ball in hand. I still love the way he yeah. straightens up and then it, gives the ball. And... It is exciting. What, watching him, and in the, the first half he was coming towards us, we were at that end of the ground. And when he just gets ball, ball in hand, and he does that kind of like little, little goose step, yeah. step thing, yeah. But then it's also he's looking. Then he's looking one eye for the gap, but also looking for the options outside him. Unfortunately, I think the options outside him maybe didn't have their best game because this week. When he does that goose step, you goose step to run, but he goose steps before he passes. So he always like set. well, he could do both. That's the that's the beauty of so it. The, the George Ford equivalent of this is the sideways. I'm trying to explain this now, George. Ford has a, a pose where he looks like he's about to pass and then he runs. Do you know yeah, what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what the you're George talking about. The George Ford, like, half-crescent moon pose. So his I, hips are swinging out, ready to pass. Yeah. But he's still running. And like, he's got to pass soon. He's, he's got just, to pass soon. Yeah. He's got to pass soon. And he doesn't pass. And, and then he, he just accelerates. Yeah. That's the same sort of thing. So there was... I remember um, watching a little analysis of Roger Federer's serve years ago. And Roger Federer is a very good server of the ball, despite not being um, the, the fastest. The typical fast server, yeah. six five. He's, he's not, not Pat He's not a super powerful server, but he has very very good um, accuracy and win ratios. And the analysis was saying most tennis players, you can tell based on their body position whether they're going to hit close to the the center or wide, what type of shot they're going to do. And Federer, they had these stills, and he was in an identical position, and on one of them the ball goes straight down the middle, and on the other it goes out wide. And that's one of the things I think Marcus Smith does well, is that, and exactly with George Ford as well, when it looks like he's going to, basically he could do anything from any position, he could pass or run, and it's very difficult to read exactly what he's doing Shane until Warren's he's a, already done it. Shane Warne's another one who's exactly the same. I remember people yes. showing the side by side, and you and he'd, he'd, he'd have the the one that goes straight on the, the speed ball that just goes straight on, and it look you just would you just don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah because of cricket, and I'm talking out of school here because I know nothing about cricket, but allegedly, I think you told me this, Phil. Did they turn off the lights on cricket players? They've done that with cricketers and... Do you know this story? Um, oh. And Cristiano Ronaldo heading the ball. Yeah. So it's there was there was one of them where they... Yeah, turn out the lights with the cricket players. I think it was even before the ball was released and they could hit, they could hit the ball. They were predicting based on... I think Ross Tucker did this um, Science of Sport podcast. They were predicting based on where the uh, bowler's arm was before he's actually released the ball. Wow. With accuracy. Yeah. Wow. Because the ball travels so fast that you, you don't actually have time to track it through the air. Um, and there was a similar one with Cristiano Ronaldo, where they, this was years ago, they were crossing a ball to him, and he was heading the ball into the goal, and then they'd start turning out the lights Earlier and earlier and earlier, and he's still heading the ball into wow. the ball. So if you imagine baseball, wow, where they've got to go yeah. into the, you know, we've got to throw it to a certain zone over and over again. You'd think it'd probably be harder than cricket because cricket they can throw it anywhere or bowl it anywhere, bowl. Or whatever. 
But with cricket, uh, but with baseball, you've just got to sort of predict that sort of square, and then mm. predict the speed that it comes out of the, uh, pit, wow. the pitcher's arm. It, it's ridiculous. But yeah, that's the point, isn't it? That these players, uh, Smith and Ford, and the really top ones, can disguise it all. Yeah, they just disguise it. They, it's, it gets harder and harder to read. Mm. So I don't think he's fully deserving, not fully deserving of the match. I'm sure there's someone who hit a lot more rucks, and without them, yeah. the game would have yeah. I, I, I been mind. lost. I don't but. mind it; it's great. And also, I don't think you should. I think if if it was um, if it was, I don't think we should be down on England because we just beat Wales in a Six Nations game. Yes, it's yeah. a, a win it's is a, a good win. result. It was a, it's really a win in a Six Nations. Good result. I, uh, and, there's was, re- and there's room for improvement. Not only was it a good result, it was a good result against a resurgent Wales. Mm. And I think I've seen lots of games like that where England have crumbled under Jones. And most notably Scotland at home when they when they drew. They threw away a massive lead. Mm. You know, it is positive. Also, it, you know, I've had my doubts about this, well, about this Welsh team. And I suspect they're going to come true this Six Nations. They're not beating France anytime soon. Or no. are they? Fra- France. Are they? I don't know. France won't have been worried by either of these teams looking no. at that. Let's uh, we'll get on to them in a minute. Sam, Sam Fitz oh, sorry, sorry go no, on. No no no, 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 no you no you say your point. That's I fine. was gonna say um I think we just need to pay a massive tribute to uh I was gonna say Ollie Cuthbert. It's not um Ollie Cuthbert. I went to school with him. Um Alex Cuthbert. Alex Cuthbert. Uh who had a game from about ten years ago. Yeah this was like twenty thirteen vintage Cuthbert. He was bloody brilliant. On his fiftieth cap. Yeah. Uh, Getting it done. At a time when he might not have got a game. I mean, no, actually, that said, Lewis Rees Samit was sent back to Gloucester, and now you can understand why. I, I Fair play Wayne nuts. Pivak, because a lot of yeah, people would. That is a bold call. I, bold thought, call. I thought Pivak was playing politics. I really thought he was playing politics. Look, look, you play for Gloucester. It's hard for me to get the time that I need with you. Get your life into gear. Go play for Dragons. That's kind of what I thought he was trying to say to Zamet. I think you're right, which is, you know, Cuthbert was, you know, it was, it was, it was a brave call. This is a man who I actually thought was done, and mm. that's how Exeter picked him up. Mm. I thought Exeter picked him up because it's just a throwaway gamble, but he looked like a true world-class international. He, he looked like a Lions winger. Yeah, as yeah. did Falatau, looked like a Lions player. He did. Falatau, he's so good. He, he's a, a bit of the, the Manu element because he's so frequently injured, but he always seems to pull it out of the bag for Wales. What, I, I know I've asked this question before. What goes on at Bath? <laughs> what goes on at Bath? Uh, Sam Fitzpatrick is someone who contacted us, uh, emailed contacteggchasers at gmail.com, said, uh, I bet, bet you've had some hot takes flying flying in right now. Yes, there were a lot of people who were writing as the rugby was on, uh, but I'll chuck a couple more on the fire while I'm here. Yes, just, please. Just, just one point, he says, on Randall. And this is Sam's take. Um, I'm interested to think, particularly, Phil, as you were there, what sense you got. He says, I like him but he's not fit enough for test rugby yet. Zippy when he's on the ball, but painfully slow getting to it. Mm, I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. Maybe he's right. Yeah, I've not... I, I bet this guy's a scrum off. I've not noticed that. I've not noticed that, but you've got to remember, so uh, who, who's, who's writing this against him? Sam. Yeah, I bet Sam's a scrum off, because scrum offs notice things, things like this in other scrum offs. It's, mm. a very, uh, it's a very picky fraternity. Hmm. No, I didn't notice that at all. No, I, I, I didn't. But uh... but it is fair to say that it would be a massive step up in intensity. I mean, if your first international game was, say, uh, the fourth game or the third game in the autumn series against... Tonga. Tonga. Well, then you might be okay. 
Yeah. But Wales in the Six Nations at home. Yeah. Um, Wales see. are Wales are a fit team. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they do they That's do fair. work very hard. Uh, another one of the new faces in England is the subject of Ben Richards' email, contact headchasers at gmail g- email dot com. Uh, straight after the game he wrote this. Uh, evening gents. Um, Listen religiously for the podcast for five years, blah, blah, blah. Uh, wanted your thoughts on Freddie Stewart. I love him at the back. I feel he brings a solid defence, but confused by his attack. He is a BSB. He mm-hmm. is a BSB. He is. he is a big, strong boy. Yet seems a mazy runner, more akin to Ma- Malins and Daly. With two Langy out, I thought we might see him hit some harder lines every now and again, but he seems a little hesitant. I 100% think he's our best option, by the way, since peak Mike Brown, unreal in the air, Ben in Cambridge. I agree with most of what is said there. Yeah, I, so I really like him defensively and in the air. I kind of wish he was a tiny bit more explosive as a, as a runner. Sorry, when you say, do you mean defensively in the air, not defensively and in the air? Uh, well, I do mean defensively and in the air. Okay. I, think, I think he's very solid, um, both under the high ball and defensively. So I think for the Josh Adams try... He was complete. I don't think he even saw Josh Adams. That's the only way I can describe that defending. Was he the last man? I think he was, but he was sort of offset in the line, and his hips were turned in. Was he not focusing on Cuthbert inside? I think, I think he just didn't see Josh Adams. There's no way you defend like that if you know the guy is on the outside. There's just no way. Well, like, if he's got two guys, you've got to pick one of them in that scenario. Yeah, but I, I have to watch again. But from what I remember. He's so flat-footed and he's so angled in on Cuthbert that I just think he's completely missed him. Whether Josh Adams started off the field or something, I don't know. But there was, you know, it was not good defending. You've got to see... Have you seen the replay? I'm just getting it up now. And you'll see what I mean. Yeah. It, it is bizarre how bad it is. It's so, it's so bad, I don't think he's seen him. Let's have a look at this now. Mm. So there, that's... Right, here we go. I'll, I'll get it up. So we've go. got, we got it here. Live video me, analysis. Nerds. Let me put the uh, brightness up and a little bit little bit of sound on for us. Ooh. Right, let's have a look. So this is the the uh, Rook centrefield. Okay. So there's another Rook here. There we go, yeah. So look how he's angling in. Ooh. Ooh, he's caught, so he's caught in no man's land there. Completely. Yeah. So I, th- I thought he was... He had picked Cuthbert, who was the man inside, but he's actually picked, yeah, just picked looking at no one. Oh, he's, oh no, no, no he, he, was, yeah, marking, he, he was marking off He was marking Cuthbert, actually. Well, all you could say on that is, you're talking about... Uh, it's such a small gap that... Yeah, all you, all you well. could say on that, defensively, is <coughs> uh, when you're close to your own line, whatever you do in defence, whoever you hit, you have to get up quick. And actually, he does... Look, he hangs back. St- yes. He hangs what... back. And that's and that he, sh- he should be there smashing... Even if he mispasses him, he should still be smashing the well, guy that's hard. exactly what I meant about being offset from the line. So he's yeah. offset from the line. He's angry. Yeah. Now, I... Just... He, he's, he's picked Cuthbert. Do you think he's seen... He's even seen... He's ch- he, I think he recognises that he's, he's, he's a two-on-one. I he, wonder if he thinks he's so far out. Maybe, maybe he thinks he's so far. If he was in the line, if he was in the line, he might be intercepting the ball. I think is the point. Yeah. If he was blitzing, which is what you. Sh- I mean, maybe I'm wrong. He's an international winger. I'm just a bloke sitting in. I could have been an international winger. <laughs> things have gone differently. <laughs> you know. But my, but Phil, you were a winger at you know Championship National One level. My thought is you're close to your own line. I agree. He should be. If, bl- if the man out, be- if the man outside 
um, if if they manage to get the ball to the man outside, you can't do anything about that. If, if you're a man down, you should just be blitzing. To smash yeah. Cuthbert, two things happens. First, he smashes Cuthbert, and he doesn't look like he's to blame. Second of all, I don't think the pass can be made because he's in that channel. Yeah, you're right. He and, might be intercepting yeah. it. And look at this now. I wonder if he thinks he. I wonder if he's got his pitch geography wrong. I wonder if he thinks he's so far out that he doesn't need to worry about Adams if he has seen him because he thinks Adams has to cut back inside to him because that is a tiny space well if he's going to do that then sorry but I, I recognise people are you can't see Nerd. the pictures but what I would say is if Malins is going to try and cover two people he has to be on Adams's inside mm. and that's a shock uh, uh, this yeah. is shocking defence whichever yeah. way you look at it it's anyway, shocking anyway e- England have such turnover with their coaches there you go well, that's, yeah. this is our audition <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it Eddie um, and, our, and my, my defence session would be Line speed, smash someone. Yeah, do you know, on Eddie and turnover, not turnovers, but the betting set sites, Bets365, had one of those throwaway articles, um, which I just ended up reading today. And one of them was um, Marlon Yard and why he doesn't play for England anymore. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember this story? Marlon, how are you? Bit tired. F off, mate. <laughs> what? I don't want tired blokes. If you're, <laughs> if you're tired... F off! <laughs> What's he been, what was he doing? Okay, he's so on. tired. Uh, he's probably driven, probably driven four hours from bloody <laughs> Manchester down to Pennyhill Park. Yeah, inside. What? <laughs> oh, brilliant! Uh, nice, easygoing Eddie Jones. Oh, uh, oh um, yeah. Uh, did you read the email from Dom? Anyone? I've read all the emails, but. Uh, no, no, don't, no, don't, don't open it. If you oh, have, no, 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 I, no, I have not read. No, 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 don't open it because it's no, no. Put, put no, your emails don't. away. Put your emails away. I have not read it because right. Don Barfield. I think we we haven't mentioned Ben Youngs and much maligned sometimes yeah. by us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think when we have done so, it's been qualified and and fact based, not just uh, any and, sort well, of personal vendetta. A bit of both. But he <laughs> he is England's most capped. Rugby player, men's yeah. rugby player, England men's rugby, men's rugby player. Yeah, the most caps player because they're exactly the same things, and that's important that we remember. And Go that on. is a phenomenal achievement. Yeah, it is. Uh, like the last couple of weeks, there has been a bit of criticism about Ben Youngs, but like just take take a couple of days off, boys. Like, just <laughs> calm down. Let him in, let him in, let, let him enjoy his time in the sun. I do find it remarkable that of all the players that played for England, mm. it's Ben Youngs that is the most capped player. It's but incredible. here he is and. Fair play. That, that, well, yes. well done. It is fa- It is a fact. Yeah. yeah. Can't argue with that, can you? No. Well, Don Barfield has come up with a brilliant idea, and it's right up your street. Okay. So I'm he in. says, uh, Ben Young's made his international debut in a dour 15-all draw against Scotland in round four of the Six Nations in 2010. 2010, okay. Can you name England's starting team that day? Oh. I've got 2010. the 2010. 2010. Yeah. Goodness me. So... I'm, I'm just going to tell you, Ben Youngs was on the bench. Okay. Jeez. Other than that, there are 22, uh, 21 other players. So. 2010. 2010. So, what was the nearest World Cup to that one? 2011. 20, okay, so let's use that yeah. as a basis. So we're not going Andy Gummersall. That would be too early. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gummersall's not in there. Might have been, might have been Harry Ellis. Cause Danny, I, Danny Kerr? Possibly, but Danny Care was, was scrum off because Danny Care did go. To, I want to say he went to the 2011, but he might not have done because he had the he had a incident where he got dropped for a yeah, little no, bit. Yeah, no, this was fun, Danny Care. Um, by the way, I was watching Danny Care on Friday. 
I think he's put on some weight. We, we have to need. We need. We need to discuss. Oh, I'll save that for the MWD. Yeah, please. yeah. We're going to need to discuss this in detail. Okay. So Danny Care. So this is Senatav Danny Care, wasn't it? <laughs> so you've like got the one, best you, version. You've got one of the fifteen. So it's either going to be Flood or Wilkinson at ten. Johnny Wilkinson. Okay, Johnny Wilkinson. Yep. Was Flood on the bench? Oh, Toby, well, Toby Flood was on. Talupe Flood was on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Toby Flood has got. I'm going to look him up. He's it's got like Tobias. Tobi- uh, it's Tobias he's, is his first name. Yeah, he's got like five Tobias names, hasn't he? Reginald Cecil Flood. It, it yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great name. So yeah, you had uh, D- Danny Care, Johnny Wilkinson were nine, J- ten. Yeah, Tobias, Gerald, Albert, Cecil, Levy. Cecil is one. Leave Leaven Flood. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing name. he's a man from money. Where's Barnard Castle School? It wasn't Barnard Castle. It was, but it was one of the um, was it not posh northeastern no. schools. Anyway, we, we are we are way off track here. So yes. you got wing centre fullback to complete the back line. Wings N- in twenty ten. Jimmy Noon at thirteen. No. Uh, hip kiss. Nope. Ayula Arinley. Nope. Uh, Some great names though. Uh, Tyndall. Incorrect. Wow. wow. A really, a real busted flash there. Yeah, um, really. Manu. No, 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 too early for Manu. No, Manu. Just, yeah. just too early. Twelve for Manu. years ago. Okay, um, we're going to have to go deep now. Uh, so this is after. Sentence. This is not Andy Farrell. Because it's after... Ol- Ollie Barkley. No. Um, hmm. Twelve. Was Jason Robinson played twelve for England at one point? Oh no, this is sorry. This is too late, isn't this it? Is, this, yeah. is this is about two thousand. This is twenty ten. I'll yeah. say one. One of the. Uh, one of the centres made his name in a game against... Well, not made his name. Is known for a game against Wales. Matthew Tate. Matthew Tate, 13. Ah. Yeah. And if you think it's 2010, so you can think uh, you can think the World Cup. Because it did... Um, the 2007 there was World 2007 Cup. World Cup. There's still some players... No, Mike Cat's not still You'd around, You'd be surprised. Man. Mike Cat... He played in 2007 and he was about 36. That is right, yeah. right I, I think 12's the hardest one to get. Well, the, the back th- which, so think, which club? Think back three. Okay, back three. First. Ugo. Ugo, left wing. Okay. Um, uh, 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 what's the name? Quato. yeah. Mark Quato, right wing. Brown? And Not Mike Brown. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Um, the centre. It wouldn't be um, your boy from Harlequins. You, you've met him. Um, yeah, I know who you mean. Double barrel surname, black fella. No. I don't I, think it is. No. Oh, oh, Jordan who, Turner Hall. Jordan, Jordan Turner Hall, who retired. Yeah, no, no. <sighs> um, so you so got fifty. We need to get twelve 15. and fifteen. Mike Brown, not Mike Brown. And it's too early. It's too early for good. Yeah, Foden. Oh, Foden's a great shot. Foden was on the bench. Wearing was he? Tw- number twenty-two. Okay, so he was the outside. So back. you've got all the you've got the back replacements: Ben Youngs, Talupe, Flood, and Ben Foden. <laughs> Why are we so bad at this? So, so no, it's, it's tough. It's hard. So the fifty. Okay, let's move through the four. Oh, um, is it? Uh, this is no. It's, it's, uh, that, this, this is crazy. I was going to say Anthony Allen. No, um, that's a good shout though. Billy Twelve Trees. The, okay, I'll, 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 I'll say the the twelve wasn't born in England. The fifteen spent a lot of time not playing in, in England. A Bender uh, one? Not uh, not Benders. Right country. Playing his trade though. Oh, Arm- Armitage. Delon Armitage. Delon Armitage. Oh, God of damn course. it. And, and the, the 12, 12. Not born in England. Not Brad Barrett. Not Brad Barrett. No. 
Not boring. Oh, Henry, Ricky Flutie. Ricky Flutie. Oh, well Correct. Damn it. Of course. So backline was got that Danny Kerr, Johnny Wilkinson, Ugo Monier, Ricky Flutie, Matthew Tate, Mark Cueto, Delon Armitage. Not a classic, is it? No, the pack. Okay. Do back row first. So Haskell. Okay. Haskell was six. Um, yeah. Then. I, I, I know this isn't in order, but I'm going to say Borthwick played. Borthwick did play. Nice. Um, Wearing five that day. So if, if he was six, who'd be eight? Eight, eight. Uh, Easter? Nick Easter, number eight. Well done. Very good. Minty. It's not Minty. Croft, because he'd have been injured. <laughs> Correct. He only it's comes back for Wood. World Cup. I think Wood's World Cup's on layers. Tours. So. Yeah. Uh, okay, Steve Thompson played, probably. Uh, he was on the bench. Mark Regan play? Nope. Mark Re- no, that's too late for Regan, surely. You never know. Um, oh, um, the, the the boy, um, the little short guy. Mears. No. Mears. Oh, Mears is a good shout, though. Yeah, because he was in the 2009 Lions Tour, wasn't he? Was he? Mears. He went to South Africa. I can't remember. Stevenson? Matt Stevens. Stevens, nope. even. Nope. Uh, um, okay, this might be too early. Sheridan? No. He'd retired, I think, or was injured. Yeah, probably point. injured. Vickery will have retired at that point. Because Vickery went on the 2009 Lions tour, but that was like that was a tour too far for him. Too early for Corpus Yarrow. All I'll say yeah. is, uh, I'll say uh, Ben Young's... I'm just looking at... Oh, Deacon. What about Deacon? Uh, Lewis Deacon was the other second row. Good so shout. Lewis Deacon, Steve Borthwick with the locks. You've got James Haskell and Nick Easter in the back in the back row. You're just missing the open side, and you've got none. Was of the Moody fr- still playing the front row? Lewis Moody was on the bench. Okay. Who the hell was the open side? Uh, I'm just looking. There Tim are Reece? Tim uh, Reece? no, not Tom Reese. Tom Reese. Um, Tom Reese. Magnus Lund. There are players still playing that were that. Mm. Not Ben Youngs wasn't the only one there. We've obviously got. Um, Danny care? Danny care that we mentioned, but mm-hmm. in, in, in the pack, in the pack, there are one. There is one player still playing, and one on the bench. Still Dan playing. Cole, Dan Cole, tight Dan head Cole, prop. good shout! Yeah, loose head could be, God knows. The the loose head I saw, um, in a Tesco car park in Newcastle <laughs> about a month ago. Let's go car park in Newcastle. When I was waiting, I, I was I was waiting for the delayed game due to s- the storm, and uh, and one of their coaches um, definitely not. Well, David Flatman's only had one cap, and that was in America. So and it, in, in about two thousand one. So he, he's, yeah. he's 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 on the Newcastle coaching staff. Is is my point? But you might okay. Not know that. Um, neck. So you got loose head prop hooker, open side, and a few names and a, cu- a couple of names on the bench. I have no idea. Go on. Hooker, you come on, you know the hooker, pundit every now and again. Uh, was ca- shooter? was a captain at one point. Captain of England. Were it not for his disciplinary record, oh, he'd have had oh, an Hartley. absolute bagload of caps. Hartley. Dylan Hartley, yeah, and oh. and Lions tours and yeah, and yeah. Lions tours and the rest of it. Okay, uh, so uh, and the loose head prop, Tim Payne. Oh, oh, okay. That might have taken some time. T-Pain, yeah. Yeah, and the on the bench, you Steve Steve Thompson you mentioned, Davey Wilson was the replacement oh, okay. prop when they only had one prop on the bench. We'll <clears> come <throat> on to that in, in, in a bit. 
And the, the there was a very young man wearing 18 that day who was covering the lock position. Mario. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been very, very, very young. Very young. Courtney no. Laws. Courtney Laws. Big Courts. Oh, wow. Captain yeah. Courts. Uh, so who was, who was, loose, uh, who was uh, open side? Uh, oh, Joe Worsley. Oh, oh God's God. sakes. Uh, ben Young's came off the bench to quite, be the most... Quite a big back row, that. Yeah, yeah and then um, also this question. Who else has started at Scrum Half for England in the Six Nations since... Ben Young's his debut. Okay. Danny Kerr. Danny Kerr, correct. Randall. Joe Randall, yes, correct. Joe Simpson. No. Willie Hines. Willie Hines, correct. You've uh, only got one. There's only one other scrum half that started since. Spencer? No, he hasn't started. Hmm. Started? Oh, in the Six Nations. In the Six Nations, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're not going to get the last one, so I'll tell you. In 2012. Wait. 2012. Wait. He played, do you want to know the... Go on, give me the club. Northampton. Dixon. Correct. Lee oh, Dixon. yeah, that would have taken a while without <laughs> yeah. that clue. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a... Do you know... Oh, what's the question? Manu didn't make it to the field this weekend, though if Manu had stayed fit since his debut and played all England games, not including British and Irish Lions, um, he would have more caps than all of them. He would have 125 caps. <laughs> nice. Do you know how many he actually has? 32 45 46 Oh well done nice. um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to I might come back to some of those questions another time Outs- Sprinkle them in Sprinkle them in I, I will I'll, I'll pepper them in Outstanding effort Maybe Really appreciate that Maybe questions They'd be <laughs> yeah, We'd have more time we get a lot yeah, yeah. more Get through I'm not firing on all cylinders today Mother's Day is around the corner Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, let's um, let's let's hop to let's hop to the game that's freshest in our memory from today. And I've just talked about yes. back in is 2010. It, there was only one prop on the bench. Is there any point in talking about this? I what? mean, I mean, actually, so, you know. so yeah. There's there's two parts to this. There's the game which was predictable, and the outcome was made all the more predictable I by mean, the, the bin. I mean, by the event. The As a pride Ulsterman, you must be loving Mac Lowry. Lowry. Love Lowry. What's the point? In, it's just there was no point. Was there? there was no <laughs> point. In, like what a waste of a first cap for Mike Lowry. You know that will be his first cap forever. And two two really, tries. Yeah, I could, mean, it, could could have been three if he wasn't so unselfish. And uh, yeah, Jeremy Farrell said, "Well, you know, well done." Tells you the measure of the man he's on for hat trick. I, I, I listened to that because I was painting more brickwork out the front of the house, and I had the phone in my pocket. As soon as the game finished, I went, "All right, I'm going to go out and do some more painting." Um, so I listened to Andy Farrell, but I didn't see him. Was he wearing a suit? I, did, I didn't watch I the... Uh, know, actually. I, I, I couldn't... Can't, I can't that's all I really care about is, like, I, the game had... Was the game was so... 
a non-event in the end that it was my own, my main thought was was Andy Farrell looking amazing <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a suit with again. twelve players at one point. Yeah, I know. Twelve players come off it. Um, so let's, let's put the game to bed because it's pointless. Throw it in the bin. Let's never talk about the game itself. Let's talk about the laws. Well, just so Mike Lowry, great debut, fantastic. Um, I thought it was encouraging that Ireland got a bit of mojo when Johnny Sexton came on, and and. Uh, He's just a... Even at his grand old age... He's not that old, mate. He's got at least four more years. What is he now? 38? Yeah. 36, I think he 36. is. 36. I think... Oh, even, at thir- <laughs> even at 36... Um, he still I, does I, look good. He still does look very good. And I, I, do, I do think Ireland... Um, uh, we've talked about it before. Should, should involve he who shall not be named um, <laughs> once again. Uh, but nevertheless... Johnny Sexton can make it to the next World Cup. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think he he might actually make it as the the starter of the next World Cup. I wonder if Johnny will, if John Wilson, Johnny Sexton, when it's all said and done, will have made the most money from actually playing rugby per minute, kind of thing. Not even per minute, just like in total career earnings because of the position he plays and his longevity, mm. and he's always mm. playing for Ireland. So yeah. people have played for longer. Maybe they put up a big deal in France, like say Wilkinson did, and that's great. But he finished at thirty-four, didn't he? Something like that. Mm. Yeah. Whereas here is Sexton, uh, not the height of his power. Sexton went off to a big coin in France for a couple of years, did, yeah. Yeah. And then came back on big and coin. bigger coin, and they get the yeah came back on bigger coin, and they do they do that tax thing in Ireland where if you play for ten years in Ireland it, cumulatively, you get a lump sum on retirement. Yeah. So if you're equivalent, to like, equivalent to like the average of your highest ten years in one lump sum or something like that, it, yeah, it's so weird. So yeah. Johnny Sexton's got like so completely tax, unfair, like got like a tax-free half a million coming his way. Mm. So I'll yeah. tell you who could be the the highest earner of all time could be Marrow. Yeah, which yeah. which would make Nigel Ray an even more wealthy man, <laughs> of course. Oh no! If you take, you've got to strip out the endorsements. I think. Okay, so it's just, so just purely rugby. rugby. So international. I still think you club. might be right, but it might end up being Marrow. It could. It could well, be. I mean, he's so durable. Touchwood, Touchwood, don't get injured, Marrow. Could be Charles, yes. Charles Pearsall. Charles Pearsall's like, you know, but mind he's had a few barren years playing. Tin pot rugby in New Zealand, where they pay you like thirty grand or something. He left New Zealand at like twenty three or twenty four, though. Yeah. So oh, and also Ulster wasps, wasps. For six months here. Yeah. I mean, there were some big earners, but I'm pretty sure when it's all said and done, Johnny Sexton at the height of the rugby pay structure for two decades, that's going to be that's going to take some beating. Mm. There'll be some guys in France actually. What we're talking about? There's going to be many guys in France. Well, yeah, someone like Andre Pollard is reportedly on. Well over a million what, pounds. Cheslin Colby. What about your boy, um, Goosen? Johan Usen, yeah. He must have made a fortune in the fertiliser business. Can, Col- can we count his commercial manager rule on, uh, um, on, on a farm? On, yeah. I don't know. We'd have to know more Bloom- about the farm work, quote-unquote. Bloemfontein farm. Yeah. Excellent. I, I think it might end up being Colby. Colby. Because right. he's only about 25, 26 now. He's young. He's on mega, mega money. And he has been for a long time. He won't be still playing when he's 36. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And did Toulouse really pay that much? Yes. Who, who <laughs> knows with Toulouse at the moment? Why? T- it could end well, up being Adam, just... Adam Coleman again, but we'll get on to... <laughs> it could be Adam Coleman. <laughs> if his reported wages are anywhere I'd love it rem- to be, remote, remotely accurate. I'd love it to be someone like semi-obscure. Not semi-obscure, but like... So I tell you what, he'll be right at the top. top. Semi-obscure, good, good for Gene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> right, here, here's one you wouldn't, you wouldn't have thought of, but maybe John Afoa. Afoa is a good shout. Carl Heyman, someone like that. Yeah, Dan Cole's probably on a shed load still. Dan, I mean, you obviously got to factor in the inflation in well, just inflation at the minute, but inflation <laughs> in rugby wages, the daily inflation. But Dan Carter as well. Did, well no, but again, he didn't play till, till Johnny Sexton's so age. He, didn't, he did uh, about four hundred. He, oh. he did play. Well, he dialed it in for a couple of years. He played. Yeah, yeah but he was dialing oh. it in for Racing ninety two. Do you know where the saying down that called it in, dialed it in? No, from? no. I found this out, and I'm going to give credit to a man. I had a long conversation with uh, Mark Evans, right? And humble brag. Uh, yeah, I don't mind because every <laughs> time I talk to him, he teaches me something new, right? Dialing in is a journalistic term. So apparently, if you went to the newsroom, the press room in Twickenham back in the back in the day, there was just loads of phones, and what they would do, they'd pick up the phone and they'd literally dial in the match report because you couldn't email it. So you'd watch you watch the game, you pick up the phone, then you dial it in. So the well, first, what does that mean? You would you would, you would annotate, annotate someone who sat at the other end writing it down. Exactly Type, right. Wow. Type it away. Yeah, because I was thinking like that, no, you couldn't do that. But actually, yes. Yeah, that's exactly could. what you. So, how, so but how did that mean? If that was the only way to do it, how did it become a, a derogatory term? Well, in a sense? I'm glad you asked. So I've, this is how I've come to the conclusion at least. So that's what sports re- reporters had to do because yeah. it's the quickest way of getting it into the first edition. But if you were a lazy journalist but a big name you could potentially dial it in from home. So if you've got to write your okay. you know, write your column and you you know you've I don't know you're, you're coming to the office and type that up. Yeah, forget that. I'm literally gonna phone it in. Yeah. So I think that's Okay. And I found out another one today, if you're interested. I'm interested. Moonlighting. Okay, hold on. So this is where so moonlighting to mean as in I'm a fireman but I moonlight as a bricklayer in my spare time. Yeah. So moonlighting. Oh, so that that will be, you have a day job and then you go and do another job at night. Yes, yeah. basically. Yep, you're not far off. But why? What's the or- so the origin of it? Right, was fracking. So in the, I think the forties, some or was it fifties? Someone designed basically a torpedo which you drop down a mine, and the blast would go outwards. And this was the first rudimentary um, fracking device. Gas extraction. Yes. So people were copying this, and it, it must have been uh, some sort of proprietary technology. But to make sure no one saw them, they did it under the cover of night. So it became moonlighting, uh, and that is moonlighting. Doesn't sound like a very efficient way to get to extract gas. How how else do you fra- do you fracture shale rock? Well, that's that's with water, isn't it? it? It is. It is. I'm reading a book at the moment about fracking, which is. I wish there. <laughs> I wish there was more fracking. Uh, let's not get into it. <laughs> let's, let's really not get into that. Uh, and from energy independence or lack yeah. of, um, you were going to say, right, we've dealt with the game, so go on. The, the the front row situation with Italy that saw them go down to 13 men. Just one question I'm going to pose, because I, I can't remember the order of events. Do you think there's any possibility that, whether the Italian captain or the Italian players or whatever, didn't know didn't know that they would have to drop a man and were trying to pull a fast one by saying, oh, no, none of our props can none of our props can go at hooker. Because mm. the only reason I was thinking it is a ho- asking a hooker to go prop is a very, very different thing from asking a prop to go hooker. Albeit, I'm not trying to belittle how difficult it is being at hooker. I've played there many times myself. But I know that nowadays, when you put, see a scrum half put in, the, the hookers don't hook. Mm. 
Hmm. Okay. So you, you're just standing there with square feet. Well, the hookers do hook now. The hook, it's it's a legal requirement to hook, which is um, mm-hmm. so if you don't strike the ball, uh, it's either a penalty or free kick. According free to the laws, according not, to laws, yeah. but it has been enforced recently, and it it is has it. Yeah, I, I think it has. Really? I, I just see scrum halves putting it through the second row's legs. Mm. Maybe that's the prem. Maybe that could nations. be. Maybe that could. Mm. Well, anyway, uh, to, to to the general point, do you think there's any chance Italy were trying to pull a slight fast one? And box themselves into a corner they couldn't then get out of, or do you think it was totally legit? So I think maybe they didn't realise the consequences. I they didn't realise whether they're trying to pull a fast one or not. But I don't think yeah. they'd comprehended what it actually. Well, would the hooker mean. was sent off, and the other hooker was legitimately injured. injured. Yeah, oh, he was yeah. legitimately injured. Yeah. So what would be but, the fast one saying that? Saying that? Oh, we don't. Uh, trying to go to uncontested by saying, "Oh, uh, both our hookers, are, uh, we can't, we can't fulfil that position." No. Uh, uh, thinking they'll be able to go to uncontested, and then, oh well, you're going to have to lose a man then. So, I think you know my thoughts on this, because, did you listen to my voice notes on the yes. group? Okay, so do you want me to say that, or do you want me to come... You say whatever you want to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, well, well, I was just trying to think uh, which way to go about this. Because my thought is, it's, if, uh, am I am I being fair to say props shouldn't worry about hooking... Hookers, I totally understand being concerned about propping. Um, so sure, no, sure. I don't know if I agree with that. You know, surely a tight head can prop, uh, can hook. Yeah, hooking is a little bit more uncomfortable. Here is my <laughs> overall view on the whole situation. So, on that, I'm not going to. Do you know what? I'm not going to accept the premise of the question. Okay, fair enough. That's what. I'm gonna, that's what. I'm not because this. Is, I suppose it's only speculation, and it's he said, she said anyway. Yeah. And actually, I shouldn't. Yeah, no, 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 it no, doesn't no, no, matter. No, no, no. It doesn't the pre- matter. The premise is is one harder than the other. I mean, technically, it should be. I think for professional athletes who play front row, you should be playing all three positions. And I do get, yeah, and this is where your point comes in, isn't it? You can get some small um, Harry Thackers who just could not play. Yeah. You said probably yeah. maybe have a go at tight head, maybe. Mm. But yeah, you're right. There are yeah, getting a hooker that answer prop would probably be a little bit more difficult. Getting a prop into hooker, it is tricky because you've got to build a scrum around you, and they want break feet now, and they've got to strike and all the rest of it. Yeah, so fair it, that is, it is tricky. But ultimately, I think rugby has pushed itself into a corner here, both in the international sphere, which we saw today, but all the way down to level eight, level nine, all the way down, because the number one reason that games are called off outside of weather, but might even include weather, is not being able to raise the front row. Because we mystify it, and we scare ourselves witless. It's kind of a moral panic which sprang up, in the same way that, I can remember like two or three decades ago, everyone was worried about violence, violence VHS tapes making kids go crazy. Like, and <laughs> therefore we had to have any regulation and whatnot. Well, for whatever reason it is, people lost their minds about scrimmaging a long time ago. It's not safe, you need training. And I can tell you right now, the training for front row... It's not like you've been to you know, Bud Seal School. You, know, you haven't strengthened your neck. Uh, you haven't done any of these things. You just go and play front row. Well, yeah, I was just, just thinking, go and play front row. I remember playing a game at Hooker and we had uh, our, t- our tight head prop went down injured and the replacement prop was injured as well. And yeah, and I remembered basically it was we just had a little huddle. Like, oh, I'll give it. I'll have a go. I'll have a go. <laughs> I'll have a go. Yeah. I got mullered, but that's what you learn. There's yeah. no other way, right? So. And this is a broader rugby point. We have made, we have scared coaches senseless, right, to the point that they don't want to 
be putting lads in front row who've never played played there before. I'll put anyone into front row because I I do it myself. Just just go and do it. Like when I played front row, the only reason I did it is because the front row that we had originally was in such disgusting shape. I thought, well, if he can do it, I can definitely do it. There's no two ways. <laughs> there's no two ways about this. And I was right. I played on the wing. Like it was the easiest transition. And the lower down you are, the easier it is to do. The yeah. fact that nobody L- lower levels, I I yeah. But then as you get higher level. I guess the relative difference... I mean, look, Joe Marler got absolutely battered when he went over to tight head. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. He is amazing. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure... If and he knows if, what tight heads are trying to do to him as well. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure if he spent, like, five minutes yeah. every week doing it, he'd be if more it, competent. For it, six months of training, he should well, be able to do six that. six months, I reckon... Two, well, a few two, months of training. Well... A day. One day. Time spent no, training, but now Andrew Porter is is the living, breathing proof, and it, it just yeah. demonstrates what an incredible yeah. specimen he is. We need to stop telling everyone it's scary to play front row. It's not scary to play front row. Let me tell you how ridiculous the front row situation is. Uh, we we played a team this week, and I'm not going to say the name of the team because it's probably not fair on the bloke who came on. Uh, and the stu- two starting front rows, you know, well, they're just two starting front rows. Our, the opposition side head went off. And on came this other guy. And he bound, bound up, and he didn't know the calls. So he was going with, if I get these calls wrong now, it'll be, be embarrassing. <laughs> it was, it used to be, back in the day, uh, crouch, touch, pa- pausing, Crouch, pause, no, crouch, crouch touch, touch, pause, pause engage. engage, right? Those calls have not been in circulation for about eight years now. Yeah. About eight years. So 2014 or something, they went out. These are the calls that this guy knew. And he was considered... To be safer to come on the field of play, a guy maybe mid thirties didn't look like um, a top class athlete to me. Uh, that is safer than just getting the thick set centre or the thick set set back, back row, row. To, to push. This is nuts. It is nuts. Like across the entire league now, in, in the entire game, people need to be getting better. Well, getting their better players to play props. Um, up in the national leagues, right? There was a club that I know of who had a front row crisis. Started borrowing front rows off the op- off the op- off the opposition team. Instead of getting the most capable athletes to go in, what they were doing is they were getting a guy who, a guy who called himself a prop from the lower teams. He has no business playing at that standard. It's nuts. And the sooner we get rid of this idea that oh, it's the dark arts, oh, it's really mysterious. It's not. Bend over and push, <laughs> and, and you'll find out some little tricks here or there but ultimately bend over and push and if you're strong you should be alright and that would have made this game had one of the two tight heads that uh, Italy had in their squad been yeah. willing to go to hooker this would have been a much better overall spectacle exactly and we are talking of course about you know Porter and Furlong and Furlong absolute assassins yeah but just spend five minutes a week doing it <laughs> like just spend five minutes a week doing it you will be fine I am yeah. So I'm on that because I've I've seen I've seen some um, takes on this that is the laws need to be changed. Yes, I've got a law change for this. I'm not I'm not entirely certain that's really necessary. What, if, if you what was what was the game um, on was it on that Super Saturday? No, no, it was when we were in Bucharest that Wales France game. Yeah, yeah. Where France minute well, France allegedly bent the bent the rules their way. And was it a head injury for one? Of, yeah, alleged a head, head injury, injury for one of the props, and uh, and they managed to go uncontested and didn't lose a player, and everyone was up in arms then. And it's not ideal, and I don't want to have a twenty fourth player on the bench. So you've got one in every front row position because there will always be a situation where 
enough players get injured that yeah, this yeah. can happen yes. anyway. Seven reserve hookers just in Dead. case. Dead. Just in case. <laughs> so so, so the, there's no silver bullet is my point. I'm quite happy with it it being as it is. I, I kind of agree with you that actually it should be the, the, the job of every front row player to be competent to a degree Particularly, I think props going to hooker. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, com- competent in order now, to be safe. There are other yeah. things which mess this game up, of course, which is, and it only occurred to me two minutes after the sub had been made, no hooker means no line-out, effectively. And that is much although, more serious. Although the fella throwing in did all right. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen Joe Mahler hold, like, holding a ball? Uh, sorry to pick on Joe Mahler again, but he was the last guy I remember who's a non-hooker. He did it in the Scotland game. Uh, he's holding this ball like he's never seen one yeah. before. Like, well, like uh, a loaf of bread. Yeah, I've, like, I've got issues with Joe Mahler uh, this week. Very funny guy. Fantastic rugby player. Uh-oh. He, he doesn't do a full deep squat when he squats. Uh, we've seen this. England proudly posted a video. Zero. Of him. <laughs> yeah, England proudly well, posted a video of him doing a, a back squat. And hey, listen, week of a game, take it easy. That's fine. But then just don't post a video and go, wow, look well, how much Joe Marler can lift on a back squat when he only does a quarter squat. Wasn't that... It was a box squat. It was a... What's a box squat? As he in, squat he squatted box. onto a box and then sat up. So he squatted onto a box or a bench. Well, well he, shouldn't, he shouldn't have it's a box a, under him. It's a different exercise. It yeah. is just a different... Hey. It's, like, it's like saying um, kipping pull-ups aren't real pull-ups. They are real pull-ups. Well... They're not real pull-ups, but they're they are real. just they're they just are. a different exercise. Yes. Yeah, but that that weight that that weight is less impressive as a but, yeah as a as a half squat than if it was a full squat. It would be, yeah, it would be court, very impressive. It would as be a full incredibly squat. impressive as a full squat. It's I kind of it. like yeah, okay, as a, as a half squat. <laughs> He's a very good half squatter. There's no excuse about it. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I, I would I would not. I'd like to have his half squat. Yes. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. Very much so. Yeah, where were we, where were we up to? Actually, yeah, um, so some laws. Some, I, I only yeah. do I only do ask the grass, so I don't actually yeah. know what my half squat is. Exactly right. <laughs> Have you seen the knees over toes guy? Uh, no, but he was on um, what's it called? Utterly, was, it, was it Rogan? Yeah, utterly yeah. fascinating. Have you seen him? That was no. interesting. Uh, let's let's have this conversation. No, no, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it there. Is, is but I have though. changed the way I squat since watching that, and I feel stronger for it because knees going further over your toes, the bar stays. Right near, yes. well, for, right near the middle of my body, and I feel stronger. Yeah, doing fair it. enough, because I don't listen to anyone any anyway. I was squatting wrong to start with, which turns out I was squatting right. So I knew I was right, even when I was <laughs> when you were wrong. Yeah, so it turns out I was right. Um, right, so let's talk about these laws a second. Have you seen the matrix that the world would be used to tell you if you lose a player or not? Is that the one with Keanu Reeves? Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I, the ones and zeros in that are more simple than the ones that they've uh, <laughs> issued to the referees. So I've got this big grid of like, when do you lose a player and whatnot? And I tried to read it, it's like, yeah, just not gonna, that's not gonna happen. And the second thing which got me was Italy having eight players into the scrum. So I'm sure I have seen a yellow card occur where they drop one from the scrum. Have I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you don't, you play without an eight. So the laws say that when you go to uncontested, You'd you still... must have eight. Yes. And I think they've got the wrong end of the stick here. I think the law should be no more than seven in the back line. So if you are... Yeah, okay. Yeah, so if you are playing a fully contested game with no one missing, you're starting 15, one of the things I'd like to see are more teams deciding just to drop a man from the scrum because they're so confident. If you're absolutely dominant, mm. drop a man from the scrum and have your big ball carrier... Into the into the back line because I think that'd be amazing. What do you do as an opposition? Do you take your flanker out, even yeah. though you're a monster? Do you, what do you do? And I think there's anyway. Th- that's that's my thought. 
with the yellow card, you're allowed to drop a guy. But in this situation, when Italy had 13 guys, it is ludicrous to make them have eight, eight. people in the scrum. Yeah. Now, the counter to that is if you abuse the laws, you could potentially have no people in the scrum because it's uncontested. Why even bother with two with well, we, props? We've won just that just have one defense, defensive yeah. line. But I think the remedy to this is no less than, no, no more than seven players out, out of the scrum would fix that. Okay. That's actually quite, I actually don't disagree with that. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. I don't. I don't. Um, Ed Whelan's emailed an Ireland fan and a Leinster fan. Says love the pod, blah blah blah. And um, he's just talking about this this law. He said the law by World Rugby to force two players off as a result of an uncontested scrum because of a red card was covered well by yourselves in one of your many off-season pods. I have to go back and listen. To that. I can't even remember. Yeah, what I he said. That. He said without wanting to rake over those ashes too much, it's now clear uh, in Ed's opinion that that law is not a good one. The view from all the common commentators on. His side of the Irish Sea is that it seemed entirely unfair and ruined any chance of a good game. No issue with the officiating, simply a terrible law. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So on the game, I've got quite strong opinions on red cards don't ruin games unless uh, a team is disorganised anyway. So poor teams get Mm. exponentially worse when they start losing players. Mm. Now, obviously in this instance... Ireland were 30, 30 points better than Italy anyway. Yeah, to start with. To start with. So this has doubled their benefit, the the um, the difference between the two teams, but only when because they, they went down two players. and you, you lose two players for 60 minutes of the match, and actually they were down to 12. They had three men off the park for 10 of those minutes. It was never... This was never going to be a good contest before that anyway. So well, this, ju- this just exacerbated a problem that already existed. This point that, I'm, that I've made uh, before, and you haven't actually agreed with it, but I do think in a time when we're absolutely obsessed with danger and player safety, the first red card was dished out because we want the game to be perceived to be safe rather than we want it to be safe. Um, I well, get why. I, I, think it, I think it's the same thing. Mm, well, I'm not sure. Because I can't see how... I mean, if you looked at... I say Toby Falatau yesterday. Toby Falatau made me think of this. He is running like an absolute beast, and he hits contact. Two lads pick him up, and they just throw him about. You know, you're talking about one unbelievable athlete going into two absolute monsters. And if these guys catch you, my word, do, do they catch you? And it happens to the, to the best of the best. Mm. So to ask Italy to play against a full-throated Irish defence with 15 guys when they've got 12, there's got to be a safety issue. There has to be a safety issue. I mean, where are you going to find the gaps? Where are you going to? If you've got the ball, what are your options? You've got to kick it away, or you've got to smash yourself into the Italian defence. You, you can't. Rugby automatically becomes the thing which the instructors in the RFU level one and level two course say it's not, which is an evasion game with contact. There is no chance you can evade the Irish defence if you've got twelve guys. You've just got to go headlong, and this is exactly what they tried to get rid of. Exactly what they tried, tried tried to get rid of. So at some point, there's got to be a health uh, a health and safety I- issue about guarding these guys. Uh, well, I, my my view on the cards is, I've said this many times. I understand why they've brought in this to try and quote unquote change behaviour. Don't, mm. don't like it. Red cards for egregious foul play, things like stamping, yeah, punching, biting, and then throw the book at them in the. Uh, Put them on report, like rugby league. Yeah, and 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 throw the book at them in the disciplinary panels midweek when they're having all the biscuits. Um, but 
the borderline ones, I'd 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 lean I think more to, more to yellow or I, or penalty. Only. I think you have a maximum of two men off the field, a maximum. After mm. that, you've got to have a mandatory replacement, and then you can't can't come back. And then if you can't do the mandatory replacement because you've got a bench full of injured people, then you go on report. No, because it, it, that could arguably incentivise just... It, it, in a World Cup final, when their star fly half, you've you got your two men down, you, the, oh, just just go in with impunity, just go and take the head off the their star player. Yeah, uh, I mean... Yeah, occupational hazard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that... I just think that the situation of having 12 men against 15 running into contact time and time again it can't but be good then again it was Sale v Wasps last year Sale were down to 12 and Wasps couldn't score or was it the other way around Wasps were down to 12 and Sale couldn't score no I think Wasps I think Sale won they came back when they had yeah because Wasps two or three wanted men to go wide continuously they didn't punch up the middle I remember this well yeah but Sale were down to 13 I think 13 uh, they went down to and somehow Wasps didn't score and sell what way with that victory. Yeah, which, think, which, well, which is to Phil's point that Italy are just a, a significantly poorer side than Ireland. Yeah, and it just exacerbated what what was already there. I think going yes. on to thirteen is fine, not fine, but it's you know, and the after that it has to be mandatory replacements, and that player can't come back. And you know, you're also going to get a massive fine. You know, if you're if we can prove that you went out to annihilate the star fly half like Brendan Flowers <laughs> did. Is it Brendan Flowers? Is that, a, is that a singer? Brandon Flowers. Brendan Flowers from the Killers. Yeah, not him. Yeah, Ben Flowers. Ben Flowers. On Lancer or higher. Oh, yeah. Higher. I mean, you can get banned for life or whatnot. I mean, that is like, that's the most egregious assault yeah. I've seen on a, on a rugby field. That was, yeah. One I'm, of the I'm impressed you worst. even mentioned even a name that was close to uh, someone in music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm amazed. Dean, Dean Grohl. <laughs> Foo Fighters. Yeah. As well. Just, just on the. Losing more and more players, if it's if it's I don't know fifteen on six or something like that, there probably is a safety issue there. There is there is probably a tipping point, but these guys are only going to be carrying a small proportion more than they would have been ordinarily. Mm. And so so it's like um, Thierry Dusatois when he makes thirty tackles in a game. Is there a safety issue around? Yeah, that? you shouldn't you shouldn't make that many tackles because. Uh... Uh, and that's 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 three times as many as an, an average player would in a game at ma- at most. I suppose it depends. If you lose, if you've got three ball carriers in a pack, and two of them go off, you've got or, one, one ball carrier. Arguably, that guy's going to double his work rate, triple his work rate. Well, yeah, but that's impossible. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's more. The, it's more. It's not so. It's not so much the work rate. It's the fact that when you have more players, there's more attacking options and space occurs. Whereas when you have no attacking options and you've just got yeah, to run at the wall. But the thought to that is that you run out the space. Where is it? Well, there's more of it, as you just oh, said. No, 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 no. There's none of oh, it. On the, the defence, there's okay, 15, yeah. Yeah, 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 15 yeah. against 12. Yeah, I know. Well, a, a lot of... It's like a playing a British Bulldog, cha- one, one guy against 15. Where is the space? I'd, I'd, well, So I'd like to see... I don't imagine Italy carried more in this game than in a normal game. God, no. Because they, they never had the ball. Do you know what I would have done if, if I was Italy? I'd have gone full Argentina 2007. Seven? Up and under all day yeah. long. Yeah. Now, so, with Stephen Jones's greatest fly half ever to play the game, Juan yeah. Martin Hernandez, putting, up, putting up bombs. Yes. Uh, yeah, spiral bomb all day long. That's, that, that's all. I, it wasn't even spiral bomb, it was just, and if you catch it, what do you do? It pass it back on and kick it up in the air again. <laughs> and keep going. Yeah. The um, 
a lot of people have tried uh, have put the focus on Italy's bravery uh, in the face of that adversity. It, it doesn't mask the fact they conceded fifty seven points, got absolutely yeah. panned in, in a in what became a non event. Lamaro should be lauded for his yeah. um, defensive effort on the field and his work rate, even if uh, he not knowing the laws or not appreciating the laws. I think probably cost the team a little bit there or maybe it was none of the props were willing or able to safely play yeah it's the thing we'll never know we'll never know yeah what what could have should have would have happened but mike lowry mike lowry looks awesome mm-hmm. he's so electric he's so some so small good. boys for ireland yeah because um craig casey coming off the bench yeah. is not not a big boy S- sbs rather than bsbs yes, yes. Please, yeah strong boys Small, Small boys. boys. <laughs> uh, strong boys. <laughs> I just go strong boys. <laughs> yeah. Small strong boys. So Small strong boys, yes. Yeah. A good but predictable win for Ireland. It was predictable before this, before the, the red card and the, the player taken off. For many people, uh, France, uh, Scotland-France would have been predictable, but, but actually I think... I mean, it was it was no it was no surprise to anyone how good France were. Maybe disappointing. How I don't know. They always surprise me. I mean, when they score <coughs> those tries, it doesn't matter how many how they score those tries. They're still amazing. Those, oh, the first two were otherworldly. They were absolutely amazing. They were. Those first two, uh, you can see why um, they love Mofana so much. Mofana. So he's playing out out of position, but he just has to play. And they've got so many players like this now who just. Mercurial. Uh, they seem to have a team full of Anthony Watsons, which is like <laughs> Anthony Watson. Even if he doesn't play, but he's available. It's like, yeah, got to get Anthony Watson playing. Got to get him. He's, he's him. just the best in the world. He's just the best in the world if he plays. You got to get Pano in there. Yeah, got to get Pano in. Pano's there. Fick, has got to play. Yeah, Fick yeah, has got, to play. Oh, I love his try. Yeah, I love his try. Yeah. The arcing run. Everyone is looking at each other like, who's going to tackle this guy? Yeah, because someone's going to have to make a decision to tackle this guy soon. Where's he going? <laughs> That's where he's going. Yeah. Please don't be my don't straighten up yet. Don't straighten <laughs> up yet. It was terrifying for everyone involved. And it's not so long ago that Vakatawa was like the best centre in the world. Don't even need him. Yeah, where is he? He's available. Yeah. He's ready to go. Don't need him. By the way, Jonathan Dante. There's a guy that could play prop. <laughs> like, there is a guy like, <laughs> it is safer to play Jonathan Dante prop than bring back a guy who's not played for eight years. Yeah. He was one hundred percent safer thing. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a uh, a prop that can play hooker or a hooker can play prop. It could be a centre. Centre. Yeah, yeah. Easy. Aldrich would do a job. Damn right he would. Bastero would have done a job. Yeah. Two Alangi. I'd back him. Two Alangi would be. I mean, look. If Bevan Rod can play loose head prop, <laughs> uh, I'm telling you now, Manu can play loose head prop. Manu can play whatever position. He and Janzi van, van Rensburg. Yeah, he definitely. Oh can, yeah. Hundred percent. Like, I don't think he's as big as he was. Uh, he might be a little bit chunkier. Remember, remember when he came to England? How excited we were about his quads. Oh, from the, yeah, I, from the I, Lions. I went to sit. I went to Carrington in his first stint over here. So remember, he had like one of those weird little contracts that the Dimes used to get them on. Oh yeah, he yeah. had like a three month deal, didn't he? And he's sitting there uh, <coughs> eat, um, eating away in Carrington in these shorts. And the side, I mean, you've not seen anything like it. And this is like him in his absolute prime, yeah. ripping up defenses for the Lions. Like wow, he, wow. He was in amazing shape. Oh, <laughs> unreal. Now that guy could play tight head, loose Lucette, head, anywhere, anywhere, absolutely anywhere. Lau Mappy, Lau Mappy, definitely, yeah. So there are plenty of these guys. And look, it's 
it's worth hundreds of thousands of pounds to you. Why don't you do it? It's your, it's your job. Scotland and Ireland don't really have any of those prototype type players, though. I don't know. Do you not think? Uh, mind you, he's a bit too tall. Duan. Duan. He could play second row. He could oh, play second row. Iron Duke could play second row. Yeah. And he could definitely play number eight. Uh, oh, so, yeah. So, back to France. Um, I'm pretty certain now that my favourite player on the planet is um, is Wocky. I, I, I just love him. I just love him. Like Wocky is class. He was, at one point, a destroyer of worlds at six. Well, whichever way the French use their six and seven. Yeah, yeah. But just this absolute animal who used to absolutely ruin people. And the French have always liked a jumper uh, in the back row. But now he's just a line-out machine. And you know it's going to go to him, and no one does anything about yeah. it, ever, <laughs> ever. Like, just... Me please, me please. He's calling the lineouts. He looks ace. He looks absolutely ace. The balance that they've got is incredible. Mm. It is very impressive. The the combination of athleticism and um, just sheer mass and size and star power. The these two two interesting. Um, I'm not convinced that on uh, Francois Cross Cross the... and Jalonch as the six and seven. I like Jalonch. I'm not sure they're. I'm not sure that's the best um, flanker partnership in the tournament, and I'm not sure it's. I'm not sure it's as good as some of their other combinations. Like the that six and seven combination is not as good as Dupont and Entomac or Dante and Ficou or Penoa and Mofan or Penoa and Villiers or Marchand and Bay and Antonio. Just not sure it's it's of the same calibre. I, I'd agree with you there. Well, Isn't that frightening that they've got they've got improvement they can make? They, yes, they can. Well, now, I, I think with... Now, I might be speaking out of turn here. Is Jalanche not primarily a number eight? Uh, I think he's number eight who they've just, they've they put just into need a, to get him in. And the fact is, Aldrit is ace. Old, yeah, Aldrit is your number eight. He's such a workhorse. Yeah. Yeah, um, who was the I'm think who was the guy that I'm missing though? Toulouse fr- flanker, not Toulouse flanker. Um, um, Toulon flanker. He was captain. Olivon. Oh yeah, Olivon. Olivon. He had a long term injury, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. I, was, that, I was. He he is a very good player. He'll be the one that is that is immediately bolted in, and I do think they keep Jalonch because he is quite an awesome line, line option. And Aldrich, Aldrich. So. Aldr- yeah, Aldrich's playing. And they've got pro, like Bai, as you mentioned, he's awesome at uh, and Marshon at. Breakdown. Uh, yeah, they've got oh, so good. Now this game, I think Scotland. Obviously, at the end end of the day, thirty six seventeen, um, and it was only the Duan try on eighty minutes that made the scoreline look a bit more respectable. But it could have gone differently because there was had Hoggy. Oh, there was those two early tries which were amazing from France in the first fifteen minutes, and you thought, well, that's it, it's game over. Done. But then Scotland come back and they scored the Rory try and then two minutes to half time the do and break the offload to to Harris and the pass and I think he doesn't need to pass it when he does mm. I think he passes it too early and Hogg should have taken it but it's it's right at the that is devastating isn't it but that if they score that they go in at half time 17-12 up but what actually happened they drop that Fiku scores two minutes into injury time at the end of that first half and then immediately after half time Dante scores within two minutes and so it goes from Scotland could have been five points up to they find themselves uh, 14 points down 
and it was and it was then actually that was game over. Wow. Yeah, it's just you know it's not your day when your best player drops it with the try line beckoning. Yeah, like he is their best player. He's a he's, 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 he's a captain. He's, and uh, I, you see it at all levels when your best player drops it. It's just not your day. Yeah, and you, you did see as well. Obviously, losing losing their two starting second rows um, doesn't doesn't help. Then losing, obviously, Jamie Rich is missing. Matt Fagerson. Fagerson's missing. Hamish Watson drops out two days before or the day before. Stop testing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that, oh, is that what happened? Yeah. Oh, so God, the, stop it. Their pack is, well, it's more than decimated because it's a lot more than one in ten. The, the pack, it's like the, the whole of the back five of their pack has gone and you can't really afford to do that against yeah. France. But, like, you know, these things happen and I remember it happening with Wales back in the day and they would get decimated by injury for what not and then the next lot would come in and even worse is retirement do you when you have retirement of the golden generation of Ireland oh well Ireland will be rubbish for years forever and actually it just means more people can come in and get international Mm. experience I don't think this is any different Um, well it'll be good for their long term experience but then the short term you are then playing France with five of your ideal starting pack are missing, mm, which that, isn't great. That doesn't help. So um, Andy Christie played. Yes. Does anyone know where Andy Christie got his formative rugby? Um, which club he was part of? Sorry, I'm going to assume probably wrongly that he's um, from either West London or St Albans. Uh, uh, close though. You're on the right lines. Um, Who's the team that you said everyone hates? Marlow. Marlow. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no, not everyone hates Marlow. Tim very much likes Marlow. Tim's a big Marlow fan. Lovely part of the world. Yeah, well, you know. Um, <laughs> nope, not Marlow. Uh, a, a team that we have a bit of a connection with. Hmm. Okay. We've got many friends that play for this team. Bournemouth. Nope, that, that would be cool though. Um, any friends? Old Bedian, uh, old what are they call old Reds, old Bristolians. Correct, really. Old Bristolian, yeah. He's an OB's boy. Not an old, not old Bedians. Yeah, yeah, not. Yeah, Saris. He obviously moved. Uh, he, he was much too good for Obedians, I think. The story is. <laughs> 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 I mean, he probably did, like Harrow offered him a scholarship, and then he went into Saris. I don't know enough about the guy. Um, I did notice that Old Bedians were trying to make Old Bristolians. Oh, sorry, Old Bristolians. <laughs> uh, OBs were trying to make his debut all about them, which is classic OBs, really. Absolutely. Did, did, did he ever go to their to their um, end of season dinner? I don't know. I wonder if he was an instigator in the incident in the Christmas dinner that no one's allowed to talk about. <laughs> no one could ever talk about. No one could ever talk about the port and the wine, which instigated <laughs> that incident, which no one's ever allowed to talk about. And the dresses. And the yeah, you're and not the allowed s- to talk about that. Or the slip and slide. You're not allowed to talk about that. <laughs> don't talk about that. Uh, yeah, so Andy Christie played. There's there's thing for you. Oh, I'm, yes. gonna, I'm just going to pepper in another question from Don Barfield at this point. Oh, said, I'm, sorry, before we go on, Andy Christie, another one of those players who we were misled about his uh, weight and size. I can't remember what he was... We, we were told he was, but I had to tweet Andy Christie at the start of the season to make sure that we got his his, white, his right weight and size. So, yeah, he was, he was more than 100 kilos, I think he said. Yeah. I don't accept anything unless you physically weigh someone like you did <laughs> yeah. Sam Simmons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's definitely not 90 kilos, Sam Simmons. No. Nope. Um, um, oh, just one thing from... You yeah. mentioned Ed Whelan's um, uh, email before, but he did say at the end, P.S. 
um, at Phil Mike Lowry. <laughs> yes. Love Mike Lowry. Um, uh, uh, Dom, back to one of these questions, and it seems apt since we're talking about France. With a with a BSB hat on, name the heaviest players listed in the squads for the Six Nations. Okay, okay. So Uini Antonio. Uini Antonio, 145 kg. England. Will be Will Stewart. Will Stewart, 132 kg. Oh, to- Tommy Francis. Tommy Francis, nice. 135 kg. Xander Fagerson. Xander Fagerson, 126 kg. It's got to be Ty Furlong. No. No. Mm, Porter? Andrew Porter is Ireland's biggest, biggest strongest point. I, Por- I do. I think Andrew Porter is 125 kg. Wow, Phil, I'm, I'm not having that. I'm, I think Furlong The shape of heavier. Porter is just... He's turning into... A- just a world, world class yeah. there player, was, isn't he? There was a few raised eyebrows, uh, including from me when he was picked for the Lions. Fully see it. Dominator. Fully, yeah, fully see it. Can play both sides. Mm. Yes, that. And some of us in 2016 came back onto a podcast after the, the under 20s and, and, and raved you, about him and Stockers. I, 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 Andrew I, Porter and Stockers. Day, I generally cannot believe that you went to a tournament with all the best and brightest young stars and you picked one <laughs> I picked him and jo- Stockers and Jordy Barrett I think you were raving and, about and Jordy Barrett, Barrett and, Harry, and Harry Mallander yeah, yeah. well we don't you get them all right yeah get some wrong he might He might come back you know though you might, he, might love, come, he might come good that I'd love to good. see him come back oh that was sad news this week uh, George Cruz retiring yeah at 32 hang on but it wasn't sad news was it well it it is because it means. It is because I want a BSB as our tight head lock. Look, look. So what I mean though is, as far as I can tell, he's gone out on his own terms. Oh, oh 100%. Yeah. hundred yeah. yeah. percent. Yeah. I mean, like he's made loan a coin yeah. in Japan. He's got his business with uh, with uh, the What's the Welsh Welsh second row Dom Dom Day. Dom Day. Dom, yeah. He's got his business with Dom Day, and obviously it's doing very well and needs his attention and which is. Awesome. It's, I mean, it's, it's so how yeah. everyone should want to retire. All of that's amazing, but what? Where I want him to retire, lifting the World Cup in uh, yeah. eighteen months' time. Hey, that's how I, I want and him England's to retire. England's chances of lifting a World Cup in eighteen months' time would be enhanced but by you know, the presence of George I, Cruz. I don't think it's over. I don't think it's over yet because George Cruz is an enticing prospect now. Almost every player who is playing at that level re- requires their money to live. Um, to pay their mortgage, mortgage. You know, it's it, it's an inherent part of their strategy. They have to play, not because necessarily they're enjoying it, but because you know there's a monetary necessity. Now, if George Cruis is already looked after financially, he might come back for the right reasons for less money. I, I don't think that this is actually over yet, because hmm. with the World Cup around the corner, why don't you see if you can say to George Cruis, look? Six-month contract. Let's get you really fit. We'll pay you a little bit, but you'll get fit, you'll get in the England team, and then you win the World Cup, and then you retire. Mm. I don't think it's over. Well, there was some other interesting news this week or last week that Don Barrow... Don Barrow, yeah. So Don Barrow's been at sale. Have I told you this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We mentioned this last week. No, 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 a few weeks ago. He's been there for quite a while now. Training. And Alex Groves is that. Right. So I don't like mid-season signings, as you well know. MWDP. Yeah. Fine. Good. Great great shop. (laughs) Great shop. Any more for any more on this? Oh, um, on on the uh, Scotland-France game. Right. Oh, we didn't pick the Italian uh, heaviest player. Oh, it wasn't listed in this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure I'd be able to. Uh, Castro Giovanni. I... Don't like talking about referees generally. Uh oh. 
However, do you think Carl Dixon is the best English referee? And uh, I, I, scr- I scratched my head a couple of times, and and more's the point. I I think it just highlights that how good Wayne Barnes has been. Mm-hmm. I actually think how good Luke Pearce. Luke Pearce, is. yeah, yeah. I I, I quite like Matt Carley. I think he's very good. I, I, I quite like I quite like all of them. I don't think much all of them. I also Rick, don't think we've got in the Premiership. Yeah, they're all. I don't. They're very good. Uh, you know, if it was Tempest or if it was any of them, really, Tempest's good. They're all very, very good. Yeah, they all. It is interesting to see that they all do things slightly differently. I tell you what, comms. Right, let's just go back to the Italy game a second. Right, comms in the Italy game. Uh, it's a difficult game to commentate on because you've got to keep the excitement going. You've got to explain to some new watchers of the sport what's going on, that this game is effectively over, it's 20 minutes, go away. You can't say that, but you kind of got to say it tactfully. You've got to find an angle, haven't you, where there's a reason to watch this game. And one of the angles they came up with is, oh, the referee will be desperate to tip it in Italy's favour. Like, no, he won't. No, he won't. And you can't be saying this. His assessor in the stand will definitely (laughs) not let him get away with that. Uh, What happened here? I just gave the penalty to Italy because, well, you know, they deserved it more. Like, no, that's not a thing that happens. And it's not a thing that you should say happens either. Yeah. So that was a Georgian referee first. Was it? First uh, Georgian referee. I, I to... thought he was the best referee of the weekend. I didn't I didn't even notice him, which is high praise indeed. Uh, exactly. He had Matt Carley and Christoph Rid- Ridley on the flanks, obviously experienced um, ref- well, f- referees in their own right. Um, and it, you could see when he was getting the red card decision, he, he made sure, he, he took quite a while to mm. get to it, but he made sure that everyone was aligned which was the right uh, thing to do uh, Neil Johnston was not alone among Scotland fans not very happy with uh, the English official at Murrayfield mm. uh, for example he said uh, in this email here uh, how can he award front- that we got emails as we got several emails Why one after emails? the other and one of the second email said another beer another shocker so I think um, <laughs> Neil was enjoying the game and uh, letting us know what he thought as he went which I appreciate. He said, <laughs> how can he award France a penalty at the line-out for taking the lifter in the air and warn France about holding him in the air too long? There was a few moments like that. <laughs> We're going to hold Wokey up long enough that the referee needs to have a word with you after he's penalised Scotland for taking the man The problem out with Wokey is he goes up so easily. He stays up for a long time. He gets air. Yeah. You've got to catch him on the way down. You've got to pull him down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's that good at jumping. <laughs> uh, I'll just go back and say that I would prefer to focus on just how good a referee Wayne Barnes was for such a long period of time. Absolutely. He's still alive, yeah? <laughs> still, he's still about. Okay, yeah, making sure. Okay, still brilliant. about. Right, well, let's uh, ditch this podcast because we've got important domestic matters to get to. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know where to find us. You know what to do. Thank you very much for listening. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.